Cold intro, I'm crazy. And if I sniffle, it's not because I'm sad, it's because allergies suck. No, seriously. Alright, so I'm crazy. Or I am rather prone to inflicting insanity upon myself, usually in the forms of anything I read or watch. Which is why Netflix or Amazon Prime are really pretty much a dangerous thing to have in one's household. Because on a long weekend, when you're bored and you're scrolling through these things, you're like, oh, let's click on this. And you're like, well, oh, and then I had to filter my vocabulary because students are listening to this, which is what I want. But dang, hinders some of the authenticity that I want to bring to life. Anyway, I watched a show and it set me off. And in either a move of bravery or just sheer stupidity, what I will tell you is that the entitlement of this program is related to the ceasing of functioning of the cardial organ. That's all you're getting. Alright, so, I watched the show, and wouldn't you know it, it was relatable. Most good literature is supposed to be in some way. So, what I found was its relatability and its open honesty. (laughs) I can't even read my own writing. So, yeah, relatability and open honesty. And some of the characters have done the exact things that I've done. Now, I know most of you say, yeah, I've seen that in show. Like, no, for seriously, guys. Like, the very exact thing in the exact situation with the same feelings. Such as... Trying to text someone and getting frustrated over phrasing, wanting to say something accurately, but also overthinking how the other person would receive whatever it is you're trying to say. So you start typing, and then you delete, and you start again, then you delete, and you wait, and you stare at it, and you get all knotted up inside. Finally, you send something off, hoping, dear God, please let that land how I want it to land and not some other way. There's also the fear of being alone, the fear of change. What it feels like to pine. What is to observe. What is genuine bravery from someone who himself is oblivious to the nature of his own strength. The experience of amazed disbelief that someone seemingly superior to me genuinely, unconditionally, and unreservedly has taken an interest in me. Likes me. At one point in episode 5 of this show, we're going to call these people N, like Nantucket, and C, like Caterpillar. At one point in episode 5 of the show, N tells C, I like you. C stares back in happy, bewildered disbelief, only able to respond, you like me, in a half whisper. Isn't that obvious, is all N replies. In sincerity, I might add, with a little bit of bewilderment of his own. Well, I know the feeling, see? But there's another instinct that C and I share, and that is fear. Abject fear. That convicted terror that you've done something to drive away a friend, to make it impossible for someone, for someone normal, to be... Or want to be your friend. See episode 4. And this 
ties into the ingrained resignation that your mere existence is annoying to other people. And that you are a force upending their lives, causing chaos and frustration with which they would most assuredly rather not deal. See episode 7. So there's much that this show resonates with. Not simply at the thematic level, but also at the deeply experiential one. It was almost like watching a mirror of what is and what could be for me. What I at times often wish would be for me. If you ever see it, I trust you'll understand what I mean. So, what ties in with God? Well, everything, actually. Watching this show all the way through, twice, was not a wise move. But sin always involves more will than wisdom, so, I mean, there you have that. And I was triggered, if I may use such a colloquial term, which I'm usually loathe to use. I was triggered into thinking and feeling, pining even, all grounded in a deep thorn-like issue. So I went into a spin. Not a spiral, thankfully, but a spin nonetheless, leaving me a little bit emotionally and mentally dizzy. And after a few days of distance, I sat back down with God not really knowing what the hell to say, what the hell to pray, or what in God's word, you thought I was going to say something else, to read. The sigh of seeing life play out before my very eyes in the very way that I've been accustomed to wishing for a long, long time left me feeling like the life I live to God is a sham. Almost a sort of method acting that envelops me in a blinding bubble. I'm uncertain where the line is between dealing with life and faking it. And then I remembered. Ah, yes, there's my handwriting. Then I remembered. Gosh, it happens at the most awkward times. I was so on a roll. I think I had you on this edge of your seat, or at least let me believe I didn't. Awkward pause. So, I remembered. And herein lies today's lesson, y'all. No scripture. Know it, know it, know it, so that when you need it, you can use it, and it's ready at hand. So, hard shift. The beginning of Lydivicitis... Wow, English. The beginning of Leviticus discusses the burnt offering. After reading its governing regulations, I finally asked what should be the obvious question, what the heck's the purpose of the burnt offering? Well, in a nutshell, personal identification with the sacrificial victim and a life completely, in its entirety, devoted to God. Unlike other sacrifices, no meat or portion is held back to be consumed by the priest or the person bringing the sacrifice. The whole thing is consumed, made holy, sacrifice, if you know your Latin, and set apart for the Lord. This is the living sacrifice of Romans 12.1, a life of complete dedication to God, to his service. So, no, I can't have what I want. 
this point, I feel like I'm saying a lot of the stuff that you've probably heard over and over and over again, but please hear me on the experiential aspect of it. It's like one of those things that you know, and all of a sudden you hear it in a different way, and it's like, <gasps> gospel, light bulb. So a life of complete dedication to God, to his service. So no, I can't have what I want. And I'm not necessarily speaking generally, you can't always get what you want. I'm actually talking about the very thing I've been talking about since I started this little installment. You know, the stuff that I see mirrored in the show. Some very particular, specific things. I also remembered a song. Not the one I just sang to you, though that was on the fly. And I knew that the lyrics were directly scripture. A psalm, actually. But I couldn't remember which one. Well, draw near to God and he will draw near to you, I guess, because the lyrics I remembered, they happen to be from the opening lines of Psalm 84. Is one day dwelling in the courts of, in the presence of the Lord, actually better than a thousand elsewhere? Is my being crying out for him? Can my being cry out for him while my heart pines for an almost tangible alternative? And it would be that, a true alternative. But to grasp at what I want, what I would seek after, would require abandoning God. Any sober-minded person in my situation would see this. And I'm just not willing to take that step. So what do I do then? Well, I did what I tend to do, and I asked another question. How is it that God might, would, work this situation for good, for my good? That's Romans eight twenty eight. in case you're wondering. And then my prayer came out of me. Lord, I want to comfort others as you have comforted me. This comes from 2 Corinthians 1. I love the English word comfort. <sighs> Shocker, if you know me. That's both ironic and not. The word comfort is derived from two Latin roots, the combination of which literally means strength or courage with. So comfort is the strength or the courage one employs in order to persevere, to keep moving, to grow, to mature. And this strength, this courage, this comfort is a merciful gift from God. Again, see 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And if I have been so comforted by him, it is so that I, in like turn, may comfort someone else with whom I may be able to sympathize, loving this person as my high priest Jesus has loved me. So there it is. That's it. Am I stable right now? Well, no. <laughs> no. But do I love God? Yes. Do I love you? Yes. <laughs>